Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Okay, here we are. It's episode 23 of the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I have started a 10-part series on the importance of a decade, and today I want to talk to you about how insane my first year of ministry was. It was back in 2008, really not that long ago, but it was year one of this decade that I'm talking about. So let's pray and ask for God's help in this, and then I want to talk to you about two big things, two big lessons that I learned in 2008. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity of technology, being able to listen to things like this and be encouraged by things like this is just a privilege of this uh, this era, really. So we just thank you for the airwaves via uh, earbuds or in the car, stereo, just wherever that we get to redeem this kind of technology. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that this would be profitable, that these few minutes I have with these men listening would be for your honor and glory and for their good, and that you would just help me to encourage them and challenge them in these two big areas and help me to take these lessons that you have so ingrained in my life and share these with, with these men. I trust God that you're going to help. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's 2007, late 2007, and I had just been called into ministry a few years before. The years 2003 to 2005 was kind of those that the, the internal call began to well up inside of me where God began to impress upon me a desire to preach the Bible and shared a little bit about that last week. And so I just started teaching the Bible and accidentally over those years, I say accidentally in quotation marks, I stumbled upon Mark Driscoll. I'd I'd been looking up, I had just read Velvet Elvis, so I'd been looking up Mars Hill Church looking for Rob Bell. And this guy, Mark Driscoll, kept popping up. And I was like, who the heck is this? I I, want to listen to Rob Bell. But I started listening to Mark Driscoll. And just like so many other men during that time, I was just really captivated by what I was hearing, expositional preaching at the time, and with uh, with grit and calling me to be a man, it was just unique. And at the same time, I was listening to Matt Chandler. And so these two guys, Matt Chandler and Mark Driscoll, and then actually there was a third, a, a gentleman down in Texas named Neil McClendon. And still yet, if you want to hear some really good and unique preaching, look up Neil McClendon at, oh goodness, um, it's in Sugarland, Texas. Just Google Neil McClendon and listen to sermons. Just really good preacher. So I was listening to the three, these three guys and just being ramped, just excited about pastoral ministry. And in 2007, late 2007, I moved back to Southern Illinois to start this thing with a group of young, disgruntled church members. And it ended up being a church plant. And we started in January 2008. You can tell I moved back in December of 2007. All this really started in in the summer of 2007. You can tell we put a lot of time and energy and prayer and thought into this because just in a few months, we started the church in 2008. And so I say that it's a little tongue-in-cheek in there. But we had no funding. We had no denominational backing. We had no external affirmations uh, of calling or even ascending church. And it should have been, by every measurable way, it should have been a absolute train wreck. It was crazy. We actually, in that first year, put together an advertisement for our church of me getting kicked in the... Well, this may be a little bit... Uh, I was getting kicked in the nuts on this picture by another elder, and it said, the heading of it, is life kicking you in the nuts? And then it was like this 
invitation to our church. And uh, it was me getting kicked and spitting out water. I think it was me or somebody, or maybe I was doing the kicking. I can't remember now. I'll try to get a picture of that in the show notes. But it was just a group of younger people who were just doing whatever we wanted. We met at a teen town and had some pieces right in our ecclesiology, but we were really just confused on so many things. And I had read Vody Bauckham, Family Driven Faith, and so I was a cage-stage Calvinist who had fully embraced family-integrated ministry, even though my degree in college was youth ministry. So I was a, a unique... It just, it just should have been a train wreck. But God had other plans. And there were two big lessons in that first year that really just were hammered into my heart. And I want to share those two lessons with you. And these two lessons, I believe, still yet, for the other members of the church, are, are things that have remained a part of their life and dear to their heart. We just had our 10-year reunion, and these two things I shared about. And these two things are the Word of God, the authority of the Word, and the centrality of the grace of God. So, Word and grace. Let's break it down. Word. The preaching I grew up on was a steady diet of a man who used the Bible to preach, but he did not preach the Word. And there's a big difference. You can use Bible verses in your sermon to preach whatever you want to preach on, but you're not actually preaching the Word. But Paul commissioned Timothy to preach the Word, not use the Word to preach. When I first had that internal call to preach and internal call into ministry, I had a well-meaning man who sat down and counseled me. He's now the executive pastor of a really big Acts 29 church down in Florida. And he's still a friend of mine. I call him every once in a while, and he doesn't know, actually, that I'm using him to a negative example. So I'll have to tell him, because I think he would agree with this now. I need to get a hold of him let let him hear this. But he sat down with me, and he told me, Jared, if you're going to preach, you got to make sure you have something to say. And that stuck with me. Okay, if I'm going to preach, i got to have something to say. And he was well-meaning, and it sounded good, and it sounded right. But here's where he was dead wrong. The reality of it is, that first year, I realized that if I'm going to preach, i got to make sure I have nothing to say. Nothing to say. Because in the end, the people don't need to hear what I have to say. From novel approaches to preaching to my thoughts or opinions, in the end, they need to hear from God, as does the preacher. And that first year, the authority of the Word was driven into our hearts. It doesn't matter what our mom and dad says. It doesn't matter what our grandparents says. What does God have to say about this? It doesn't have to matter what the culture is screaming about. What does God say? And what God says became central for us. The authority of the word got us. God just got us with that. We wanted to hear from God. And that has stuck with me. You know, the church is going to go through in-seasons and seasons that are out. So in-season, out-of-season times of ministry. When the Word is going to be bearing visible fruit and when the Word is going to be bearing invisible fruit. That's the out-of-season time. And it's in those seasons that we are going to have a tendency, especially in church planting, which I'm still very much a part of, in ministry where we are going to be tempted to sell out. Because in the business world, in the way things work in the world, there isn't a time that it's okay to be out of season. But the Bible tells us when it comes to this thing of preaching the word, there's going to be times when we're out of season. And there's going to be a tendency in us to feel like that's not okay. And we're going to want to sell out. And we're going to want to go and do whatever we can to get the numbers and to get growth and to get quote unquote fruit. But this first year, 2008, it was hammered into my soul, deep down into me. Preach the word. The authority is in the word, not in me. 
and I needed to hear that and still need to hear that, and so do you. So if you're going to preach, make sure you have nothing to say. Preach the word. The second big piece of 2008 that remains with me today and central in my life today is the grace of God. I remember reading Titus chapter 2, verse 11, and being stunned and being shocked because it said it's the grace of God that brings salvation to all men, training them to say no to sin and ungodliness. Training them. God's grace is the training regiment to saying no to sin. When sin rises up, the flesh rises up, the enemy shoots his arrows, grace is the main ingredient in this training regiment for godliness. If you want to grow in godliness, you need the grace of God. The grace of God is not just to get you into the Christian faith, but it sustains us and propels us in the Christian faith. It was the Tim Keller idea, the centrality of the gospel essay that he wrote. We read that year. It was either in 2008 or 2009, but it's tied in with this memory of the grace of God in Titus chapter 2, verse 11. And for me, my whole life, the gospel was just something you preach to get people saved. But all of a sudden, according to the book of Titus and everything else I was seeing in the New Testament, God's grace is not something you moved past. It was something that sustained you and propelled you in faith. And so these two lessons just stuck with me and stay with me today. The word of God and the grace of God. The gospel of Jesus is not simply the A, B, C of the Christian faith, but it is the A to Z of the Christian faith. And so I challenge you, what is God doing in your life? What has he been doing in your life? Look back, reflect. You may not know the whys. We, we can't get answers to every question when we ask God, well, why, why, why? And we whine and whine and whine. Why, God, why? But we can see what is the man that God has been making me into and who is he making me into now based on what's been happening in my life and what's been happening in my life over the last decade or two decades or three decades. Take note of the journey. And in 2008, for me, what God taught a group of people and the amazing thing that he did in the mess of starting this church in all the wrong ways was teaching us about the word of God and the grace of God. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.